Hi, you're listening to my mom, Cat Lee, on the Inspired to Action podcast. Hey, can I listen to it? Hey, my name is Cat Lee, and I want to welcome you to the Inspired to Action podcast. I hope that this show is the pep talk that you need as a mom. A reminder that what you do every single day is life-changing, and it matters more deeply than you could ever imagine. Out of all the women in the world, God chose you to be the mother of your children because you are unique and amazing, and He has called you, and He will equip you. So thank you for serving your family, for loving your children fearlessly, and for fighting to be a great mom. This episode is for you. Let's jump right in. Okay, now on today's show, I'm talking with author Shauna Nequist, and she's going to share with us some really great stuff. This is a jam-packed interview. We're going to be talking about how to savor life in the midst of the crazy. And if you're a mom and you have kids, you know that there can be a lot of crazy. But she'll also talk about the biggest barrier that keeps us from savoring our moments. And we hear that word and savor. That's not really something that moms are all that familiar with. I don't know about you, but I kind of tend, not maybe not so much in this new season of life where my kids are a little bit older, but when they were younger, I never savored food. I kind of inhaled it when I got a chance. And so I'm not accustomed to savoring things, to really just drinking in moments, but I want to. And I love that that's the topic of today's podcast. She's also going to share with how you can keep your calling alive no matter what season of life you're in, no matter how much time you have for that calling, how to keep it, how to keep the fire burning. And also she has a brilliant nugget of truth, truth for us that I love. And I'm going to share the quote with you. Actually, I want to share two quotes with you that I love, but I definitely want you to listen to the whole podcast so you can get kind of the um, context for what she shares it. The first one that she says is that it is better to be with than to do for. That was a great one. I kind of wrote it down almost as soon as she said it because I, I was thinking I need to remember this. The other quote that I love that she shares in this interview, she says, invest yourself deeply in what is instead of being so caught up in what you thought it should have been, I think that is a recipe for a very present, very rich life. Yeah, that's good, good stuff. I love how intentional she is about her life, and yet there's such a really a thread of grace um, throughout everything that she shares. But before we get to the interview today, I want to say a thanks to our sponsor, PlanToEat.com. You know, I've been using them for years, and I use it every single week, except actually last week because it was spring break. And the best thing of all happened. I shared this a little bit when I chat with Shauna, but I want to share it with you guys too. My sister-in-law came to visit with her her boys. And it was amazing, y'all. Having family come and visit, um, especially if they're really generous, kind family like my sister-in-law, is so awesome because one night while they were here, she cooked dinner, like enchiladas and from scratch Mexican rice. It was heavenly. And then another morning she cooked a breakfast. And so I woke up in my own house to the smell of food cooking. I really, I've decided I'm not sure there's anything more awesome than that. (laughs) Maybe that's a little bit of an exaggeration, but it felt amazing. It was so wonderful. And so last week I actually didn't do a ton of meal planning because we had guests. And so things were a little bit different, but I am really looking forward to kind of getting back in the saddle this week, getting back to the routine planning out our meals, getting things done. Um, I cooked a whole bunch of breakfast burritos and stuck those in the freezer. And plan to eat just makes it so easy for me. Actually, I was looking on Instagram this week and one of our amazing listeners, Kitty Hurdle, shared a little Instagram picture. And she says, 
Um, I sat in the Walmart parking lot and took exactly seven minutes to drag and drop recipes and 30 minutes to shop with the shopping list that Plan to Eat magically created for me. So it's not just me, y'all. I love this site, but other people are loving this site too. And I've actually put together something for you that we've done the meal planning bootcamp before, um, but I'm making it kind of available all the time now. So if you go to mealplanningbootcamp.com, you can check out um, all of the videos and they'll get emailed to you each day and you can kind of walk through that whole process. I'm re-recording a couple of them, but you can go ahead and head there and check it out and it'll help you kind of get started with Plan to Eat and give you maybe that little kick you need to get things all set up so that, you know, you can sit in the shopping, uh, the parking lot of whatever store you shop at and just take seven minutes to do your meal planning for the whole week. It is brilliant. If you want to check out Plan to Eat, they have a free 30-day trial. So go to plantoeat.com forward slash inspired to action to get that free trial and to get the information about the videos that I've created for you. So um, I also wanted to say that we started our first session of Hello Mornings or our next session of Hello Mornings last week, but it's not too late to go ahead and grab the study that we're, we're going through this, this session. We're studying the Psalms and there's a study called Run to Him by Katie Orr and Laura Williams, two of my favorite Bible study authors. And this morning I had the sweetest time. We're, our family's a week behind because last week was spring break, but this morning, my kids all sat down in the living room, and they're all doing the Run to Him study. And it was so sweet to watch them read it and get excited about it. And I love the method that Katie and Laura have in, in that study about how to read through Scripture. Um, and, and my kids got excited about it, too, because you get to highlight. You, you read through a passage, and then you look for certain things each time you go through. And so they were highlighting different things in different colors. Some of them would underline. Some of them would do little squiggles. And I loved seeing just their creativity in studying the scriptures. And my little seven-year-old boy was so excited that instead of reading his boxcar children book on the way to school, he kept studying uh, the verse that we were reading for that for that day. So I highly encourage, if you're not already doing some sort of study with your kids, you can check that out. And then Hello Mornings also has a free workbook that you can go through that is a real shortened version of the study, super short, so that if your kids are just really, really young, you can still go through it with them and you can all be studying the same scripture. So I just that was a real special moment for me today, and I wanted to pass that on to you as an opportunity for y'all to. I'll have the link to those studies and to the workbook in the show notes today, so be sure to check that out. Now let's go ahead and jump into our interview today with Shauna Nequist. Hey, Shauna, how are you doing today? I'm good. How are you? Good morning. Uh, I'm doing good. I'm doing really well. I'm so glad that you could join us on the podcast today. Oh, thanks for having me. Now, before we really get into the whole meat of the topic, I would love for those of you, for, for those uh, listening that aren't familiar with you, which may be like three people, um, I'd love for you to introduce yourself. Tell us a little bit about you and your family. Sure. Uh, I'm married to Aaron. We've been married for almost 14 years, and we have two boys. Henry is eight, and Mac is three, and we live outside Chicago. And uh, I'm a writer, and I love to have people in our home and around our table, especially for dinner. So that's kind of our deal. So when did you know writing was kind of your thing? Um, forever writing has been my thing. I was totally one of those weird little kids that wrote stories and wanted to read them to other people. I was a complete, I still am a total bookworm. Um, I have always been a words person and I, like, I never wanted to be like an astronaut or whatever. Like I, I wanted to be a writer. That's always been the thing. 
Had you never veered from that? You never, no, nobody ever said, you know, Shauna, I don't know how realistic that is. So why don't you become a, you know, pre-med major in college? <laughs> well, no one would have let me be a pre-med major. I would have been <laughs> terrible at that. I was an English major, but you know, when I graduated from college, um, it, I, took a job at my church. It did not occur to me to like actually be a writer right out of college. Um, so it took me about 10 years, uh, eight years, I guess, um, of working in churches and kind of this growing sense. I really loved that too. And that was some of the challenges. I really love ministry life. I love daily church life. Um, uh, but I did have a growing sense that there was something else I wanted to do as well. And so uh, from 22 to 29, I worked in churches. And then when I was 29 and 30, I started my first book. And did you... what? That you were your mom in the midst of, of writing and everything. How did you fit all that in? How did you make time for being a mom and writing? You know, having having deeper thoughts <laughs> that sometimes when the kids are little, it's hard to have those, those deep thoughts or, or think anything for any extended period of time because they're constantly coming with question or their own thoughts. How did you weave that in to motherhood? Well, I, you know, a, a lot of different writers do it a lot of different ways. I have never found, uh, I'm not, I don't ever write with my kids around. Um, I can do like other stuff. Obviously, I can make dinner with them around. I can fold laundry with them around. But actual writing is something I only do uh, when they're not around because I'm not good at being with them and also getting writing done. But, you know, that means when Henry was first born, my sister-in-law would watch him for exactly like two hours and 57 minutes because I nursed every three hours. And um, she was was watching um, Henry and another baby three blocks away. And so I would write for two hours and 57 minutes, just like crazy typing on my laptop. And I would jump in the car and and drive the two blocks to nurse my baby and then come right back. So I've done it a million different ways given the season, but I never want people to think that like, uh, I'm thinking these like rich, complicated thoughts while also playing Legos. I can't, (laughs) I I can't do both of those. I love that you just, you just made it happen. Two hours and 57 minutes. I know there's a lot of people out there that maybe they have a passion for writing and they might think I only have two hours and 57 minutes. I can't really do anything in that period of time, but you just got in there, cranked it away. How, How did you, you know, so you'd get interrupted at the two hour and 57 minute mark. How did you like, you know, end a thought and then pick it back up again later? I know some writers have different systems for that. Did you have anything or did you just go with what you had? You know, um, I think there's some, there's some myths about creative people, writers, artists, painters, whatever, that like the only way to do it is to like lock yourself in a cabin in the woods and, and you you work like 24 hours a day and you you have no contact with the outside world. Um, (laughs) My, I'm not, my personality isn't like that. And my writing routine isn't like that at all. I'm very much like in the normal world and I don't need to write for more than three hours. I, I, I like having a break after three hours. And so I think, um, I believe that creativity can absolutely totally exist within like day-to-day normal mom life. And it's just a matter of making an appointment and keeping it the way you would keep an appointment with your pediatrician or your dentist. You would never just be like, oh, I'm not feeling that pediatrician appointment, Right. <laughs> And so you just kind of have to say, like, it doesn't matter if I'm feeling the creative appointment or not. It's something that matters to me, and I set aside the time, and I'm going to show up to it. And you find that the more you do that, the easier it is. Um, It it sort of starts to fuel itself. But for a while, you have to fuel it with Mm -hmm. the appointment. Um, And then, But I always tell people it doesn't have to be all or nothing. It doesn't have to be you either live in the woods or you never make anything. Um, And it doesn't have to be... Uh, the same in every season. There are some seasons when I get tons and tons of writing done. Um, I also took like a really specific maternity leave where I didn't get anything, you know, and and I don't have a boss. So nobody gave me a maternity leave. I just said, Hey, I really want to soak this up. And so we, we drew up a plan so that I just 
held that little newborn 24 hours a day, which is exactly what I wanted. Mm-hmm. So to get to decide in each season, it doesn't have to be the same every season. It just has to work for you and for your family in each individual season. So I watched a talk that you gave at the Q conference. I, was it at the Q conference? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I'm um, called what, uh, what my mother taught me. And, and it was about pursuing your calling in the midst of life, even in the seasons when there isn't a lot of space for it. Um, I'm curious to know how have you and your husband balanced that? How have you, you know, what conversations have you had to decide, okay, this season, we're going to focus on this. So this season, we're going to focus on that. How have you guys worked together to balance both of your callings? Um, you know, I would say we communicate. So like, I think people would laugh at how much we're talking about it. We talk about it all the time. And I think that really helps it. So instead of me assuming he understands what I'm asking for this season or him assuming that I'm on the same page, we talk about it a lot at really regular intervals. And we talk about it from the big picture. And then we talk about it in very like kind of granular terms, like, will you be home at 430? Because that's when I need to head out the door for this. And we very much believe that there is room for two callings in the context of one marriage. And we believe that we will both, uh, that our marriage will be at its best when we're both at our best. And so there have been seasons where we've been more oriented a little bit toward his calling and his career. Then there have been seasons when we've been more oriented toward mine. And we're in constant conversation about how that works. Um, We work hard to, um, for the most part, when I'm traveling, he's home. And when he's traveling, I'm home. Um, we live uh, in the same town as our both our parents. So we have this amazing support system for our kids. And we do that very intentionally. There have been opportunities to move other places. And we've said, oh, it would really be nice to not be in the Chicago winter. But um, for people who want to work in creative fields and have irregular schedules, to have four grandparents who are willing to kind of step in at a moment's notice is really valuable mm-hmm. to us. So there's a lot of different ways to make it work. But the biggest thing we do is communicate really explicitly with each other about what we want and what we need in a particular season. You know, which I think in any marriage, regardless of whether both spouses, you know, have seasons of travel and, and busyness is so important and so crucial. Just that constant communication, even, you know, even if you're both home all the time, uh, that, that communication can have the biggest impact on a marriage. And, and I have to say, I understand the Chicago winter thing. My family's from Chicago and my dad was actually a mailman. And one year his beard froze to his face mask and he decided it was time to move to a warmer climate. So we moved to Brownsville, Texas, which is at the very bottom of the continental United States of America. So Definitely get, you know, you uh, just, I think sometimes desire to get rid of that Chicago. I think winter. your dad is a wise man. A <laughs> choice. Um, okay, so you have recently written a book called Savor. Mm-hmm. And you've been walking this journey about learning how to savor kind of the ordinary moments of life. Now, again, as a mom, it makes me think of, I don't know if you've ever, have you ever seen A Christmas Story? The yeah, movie. Yeah, yeah, okay. yeah. So basically think of that that scene when she's cooking dinner and, and Ralphie's mom is you know sits down to take a bite and then her husband says, Can I get some more of these mashed potatoes? These are so mm-hmm. great. And then Ralphie says, you know, my mom hasn't had a hot meal in 15 years. And that's how a lot of times we moms feel in the busyness of everything. How can we slow down? How can we savor life in the midst of the crazy? You know, I think one of the biggest things that keeps us from savoring it is uh, the image we have in our heads of how it's supposed to be, right? So like last night, we had a family dinner, meaning the four of us sat down at the table together. And I think for a long time, I thought that would be, you know, about an hour 
I thought there'd be multiple courses. I thought there'd be stimulating conversation. I thought, you know what? It was about six solid minutes. And then somebody spilled and then somebody wanted this. Then somebody needed a diaper, whatever. Like it, and, and that's how it is, right? So you can either savor those six minutes uh, or you can be constantly frustrated at what those six minutes should have been. I think parenting is such a, an invitation to love what is and let go of what isn't. Um, kids are just a constant. I mean, right now, um, Henry's homesick. That's not my plan for a day when I have, you know, one million other things to do, but he's sick. So it means I get to snuggle with him and it means I get to, you know, chat with him in between things. You can't make the parenting is so much about responding to what is and rolling with it. Mm -hmm. And and, and I think it can be really frustrating if you're really stuck in your concept of what it should have been, uh, what your kids should have been like, what your marriage was supposed to look like, what your house was going to be. You know, didn't we all think in college that we were going to live in like, we had no idea about money, you know? (laughs) So I remember the house I pictured living in in college. I think now it's like a $2 million house, right? (laughs) Like nobody lives in that house. Um, and, and that's life, right? I love our house and I love our life and I love uh, six minute dinners and, and we're working on it. But if you can invest yourself deeply in what is instead of being so caught up in what you thought it should have been, I think that's a real recipe for living a very present, very rich life. Mm, I love that. So six minute dinner. <laughs> I know. I, mean, I've, I, I have had those. And sometimes I'm thankful that it's a six minute dinner. But I, I know you're really passionate about food. When did that all start? You know, I've always been a food person. It's funny. My family's not at all food oriented. Like they would forget to eat except <laughs> except that I'm like, hey, guys. Um I, I think I think a lot of it is I'm a I'm a I'm a people person I'm a community person I'm a live life together in rich and connected ways person and I see that that mostly manifests itself around the table um, and so I'm, I'm both really interested in the actual food part but I'm also really interested in what it means to be comfortable around the table with people that you love to be invited in to be seen and heard. Um, so it's very much the way we live. Uh, tonight, we'll be around the table with our small group like we do every Thursday night. That's a really valuable part of my week. What would you say to moms who are afraid to invite people in because they have six-minute dinners, because things spill and their kids do things? What encouragement would you give to them to encourage the hospitality and, and gathering around the table? You know, I would say that you'll find you're so normal when you do it, right? Like sometimes we have, you know, I have this group of girlfriends, the cooking club, but between us, we have 10 kids. And um, they're between nine and one. And when we have uh, dinner all together, I mean, it's just a complete disaster. But what you see is that your kids are not the only disaster. You see that this is just kind of hard for kids at this age. You see that everybody spills and everybody wants what is on somebody else's plate and everybody blah, 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 blah. And that's so freeing, right? You're like, oh, this is just how kids are. This isn't just my kids. And when you do it, and I think this is true for everything, the the more you invite people into your actual life, the more you realize you're not alone and you're not crazy. Mm-hmm. Um, what's hard for you is hard for everybody. What feels crazy about your life is crazy for everybody. What feels overwhelming to you is overwhelming for everybody. And so you can either do it alone or do it together. And I find together a much more rewarding way to live. Oh, I totally agree. You know, actually right now my it's spring break where I am and my sister-in-law and her two kids came to visit because my my brother still had to stay back and work. And it has been amazing. Last night I sat down um in the kitchen and played my guitar and watched her cook dinner. 
I love that. And this morning I woke up to the smell of breakfast cooking. And just, you know, it's crazy because we have lots of people in our house, but the community of it and, and just the, the give and take when you invite those people over, it's no longer you just doing stuff yourself for your family. It's you joining in community with other people and working together. And, and I love that. I love that too. So, so t- I'm so curious. You you cook and you cook really fabulous things. How does that work with with two little kids? Are, are your kids picky or are they pretty exotic in their tastes? Oh no, they're totally picky. They're totally normal kids, and um, and you know I don't cook real complicated stuff. But even there's a ton of stuff I make that they won't eat, and that. Uh, but please do not imagine that when I'm making, you know, really spicy curry or a braised pork shoulder or something like that, that they're, they're down with that. They're, they're totally eating toast and oranges and we're working on it. You know, someone told me once, and I think this is really good advice. Oh, two things about kids' food. One is it's really important to think more about what they're getting in a week as opposed to what they're getting in every meal. You know, like you can kind of drive yourself crazy trying to balance every meal. And a pediatrician friend of mine said, just try to balance it out in a week. And that was really freeing for me. The other thing that someone told me is you can either um, concentrate on their ability to stay at the table and have conversation in situations that are unusual to them. You're traveling, you're at a restaurant, you're up late, or you can push them on what's on their plate, but you can't do both at the same time. Mm -hmm. So like when you're home, you can have a standoff about broccoli. But if you're going to take them to, you know, England and they're on a different time zone, just go ahead and let them have toast if that's what they want. You know, that you can't, you can't do your standoff about broccoli at a hotel in another country, right? Right, right. And I, that has been such good advice for us. So when we're home, we really push them to try new things and it goes, you know, sometimes better than others and one's way pickier than the other. Um, And then when we're traveling, we're really low key with them. Like, I get it, dude, you're in a strange place. You're in a funny time zone. You're sleeping somewhere you've never been. So we try to balance it out that way. I love that. You know, and I found that focusing kind of on my older one, um, that initial investment can go a long way. Just for example, we would go to the grocery store and they have sushi samples at our grocery store. And my older one would see me get it and I would get so excited about it. And so then she would try it and she'd get so excited about it. The other two didn't want to try it for a while, but then they saw her get it every single time and they were (coughs) curious about it. And so now it's like we're like like, um, the Vikings descending on the little sushi sample. Totally. And everybody's sampling it. And so just that investment in your older one can really pay off as kind of a role model for the others, for those moms. Oh, yeah listening that might be struggling with some I of think that. that's absolutely true. The other thing an older um, an older mom friend of mine said um if there's anything in the store they're curious about let them try it because mm. then they feel a sense of ownership. So sometimes I'll tell Henry, my older, um hey, I want you to find three things you've never had before and we're going to try them. And one one week it was um coffee, sushi and <laughs> shrimp and I was like, I I know how this is going to go, right? But he tried them. He tried them all. He tried a little bit of coffee and some sushi and some shrimp. And it just got him in the habit of trying things. The last time we were there, we were at Trader Joe's and they were doing the samples of Kung Pao chicken. And he hates things that are spicy, but he tasted that sample and absolutely loved it. And so we got it for him. And now he is always asking, where's my spicy chicken? You know, so you can kind of add things to the list Mm -hmm. by letting them feel like they're in charge of it. Uh, I think that's very empowering for them. And I think those sample places at the grocery store are a mother's best friend because kids will try things that they would never, ever try. Totally. They don't think that they're samples. They just think like, thanks for bringing me a snack at the grocery store. (laughs) Snack time. (laughs) Totally. Love it. 
Okay, so Shauna, there's a mom listening right now who is about to get up from the comfy couch and go get her baby after nap time. Or there's a mom about to walk in the front door after a long day of work. And they're all a little frazzled, a little overwhelmed, and they just need that encouragement to tackle the second half of their day and to savor every moment um, that they have with their kids. What would you what would you say to that mom to encourage her? Um, the first thing I would say is I totally get it. I get that feeling of multiple competing priorities and values and never enough time. And I, I understand that feeling. And then I would say I have learned the hard way that uh, when you have that moment where you're like standing in the garage about to walk into your family, it's better to be with than do for. Um, when I'm in work mode, then I get home to my kids and I want to uh, clip their fingernails and get them snacks and fold their laundry and do four. And what they really want is for me to be with. And so I, I put away my agenda for what it would look like to get things in shape around here. And I look at their faces and I kiss their noses and I ask them questions and I consciously slow myself down to their speed instead of asking them to run at my speed. And I'm always thankful. Uh, when I review my day, I'm thankful for the moments that I was able to do that. That is so good. I think that quote is definitely going to be a tweetable for the podcast. It's mm -hmm. better to be with than to do for. That is amazing. I love that. Now, for those of you listening, Shauna has written a new book called Savor, and it is 365 days of incredible encouragements like that. And it is it's a beautiful, beautiful book, in addition to beautiful words and everything inside. Shauna, where can people find your new book and um, where can they find you online? Um, you can find it anywhere. It's on Amazon and Barnes and Noble. It's at Lifeway. Um, it's actually, it's at the airport. I just heard a friend of mine bought it in the Atlanta airport, which kind of blew my mind. It's at Sam's club. Um, it's at all different places. Um, and then my blog is shaunanequist.com. Um, I especially love Instagram. It's at sneequist. So yeah, you can find me anywhere. Fantastic. And I did see it's number, it was number three on Amazon. I know. It's amazing. Been so exciting. Thank you. So, well, thank you so much for joining us on the podcast today, Shauna. I really appreciate it. Thank you. It was my pleasure. Thank you. All right. Well, you have a great day. Thanks. You too. Bye. Bye-bye. Well, that's all that we have for today's episode of the Inspired to Action podcast. Thank you so much for taking the time out of your day to listen. I know that there are a million things that you could be doing right now, and I hope that this episode has encouraged you. You know, if you have any questions or suggestions for me, just head over to inspiredtoaction.com and click the contact button to send me an email. I would love to hear from you, and I would love to do whatever I can to get the resources that you need to keep growing as a mom. And if you enjoyed this podcast, it would be awesome if you take a minute to rate it on iTunes. That's going to help more moms to find it and get the encouragement that they need. And as always, you can check out all the show notes for this session at inspiredtoaction.com. And you can also download any of our free ebooks or our free prayer calendars for moms at the blog. Just go to inspiredtoaction.com and click on the resources link. And my name is Kat Lee, and I wish you an incredible day with your family. And remember, you're a mom. You're kind of a big deal. Now go be awesome. It's early in the morning, the house is quiet. But I've set aside this time for you. I bow before the throne of a noble king. And in this place, my heart begins to sing. 
gonna be a good day, a good day filled with His grace, His grace and sweet new mercy. May my thoughts obey Jesus to walk in.